up rpg fans welcome to episode two of the switch rpg podcast i am one of your hosts philip and i'm joined tonight again by my comrade in arms geo how are you doing man what's going on guys how are you guys doing i'm doing fantastic excited about tonight how's your week been oh man another another busy week um busy weekend birthday parties all sorts of stuff yeah it just flew right by Heck yeah. Now we're doing a podcast party tonight, so. Uh, nice nice to settle down. Feels good. Yeah, yeah. If this is your first time listening, ladies and gentlemen, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com that brings you exciting news, upcoming game releases, and all the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch platform. After that, we then read your questions on air and try to answer them if we can. Remember... We are all about community here at the Switch RPG Podcast, so if you want to be part of the show, you can do one of a few different things. You can email your questions to podcast at switchrpg.com. You can tweet using the hashtag switchrpgpodcast, or you can dive into our Discord server at discord.switchrpg.com, and you can post in the podcast channel. At the end of the day, we hope that you know that you... We want to hear from you, and you can reach out to us at any time. All right. Now, before we dive into the episode proper, we got a couple of elements of housekeeping once again. The first of which is that Switch RPG now has a Patreon. That is right. If you really like what we're doing over at the website, you really like what we're doing here at the podcast and all over social media, uh, then you do have the opportunity, if you would like, to throw us a, a few dollars. Um, if that's something that interests you, there is no pressure, obviously, but all of your donations will go toward keeping the site ad-free and also will help with our giveaways, too. We've been doing about two or three giveaways a month, and so anything that you give us will go toward that as well. We do want to shout out a couple of our Patreons that are, are at the level that gets you a shout out on the podcast. And those will go to Manorcel and Mitch Childs. Thank you so much for your support. Yes. They are actually at the $25 a month level. So they are rock stars. Thank you very, very much. Much appreciated. And absolutely. And from now on, uh, we will be reading the uh, the subs. And the donors at the end of each episode, but I wanted to give them a shout out, an official shout out in the housekeeping. And one last thing before we go to the show is that once again, I'll shout out Manorcel this time for the wonderful bumper music at the beginning of this episode. If you notice, it has changed from last episode, and now it is a remix from one of the people here in the community, one of the listeners, Manorcel. You can find his SoundCloud link in the podcast description below. And we'll also link it on the website as well. So go check that out. It's got great, great, great music. All right, Gio, you ready 
to dive into the news. Let's do this. All right. First things first, we've got from NintendoEverything.com. We've got that S8 details the bonus DLC on the Switch. You were telling me a little bit about this a few minutes ago. Um, so uh, you said that it is compiling all the D- the DLC from the past for the Nintendo Switch version? Yeah, it looks like uh, what it's doing is... It's, it is. It's compiling all the previous PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita DLC for free. Uh, no purchase necessary. No extra purchase uh, necessary. It's going to be all included, which is kind of cool. Absolutely. It's excellent. I know very little about the East series, so I can't really comment much here. But like Gio said, everything is being compiled. So that's great. So you're getting sort of a almost like a game of the year type deal, right? Yeah, you're, I mean you're you're getting it a little later than the other guys, so they throw you a little bone, which is which is cool. Fantastic! So all of you uh, people out there who are excited about the East franchise, there you go. Second, we've got Battle Chasers Night War finally gets a date on the Nintendo yes. Switch. Are you excited about this game? I I've been looking forward to this game for a long time. I've had it pre-ordered since the announcement so yeah it's it's been a while it's gotten pretty good reviews out there on the on the other uh other versions finally gets a release date may 15th coming up really really quick what are your thoughts on this this is another game uh i just not really on my on my radar yeah too much but i'm looking at the scores here and it's scored uh very very well so uh, yeah, so that that report is coming from the thqnordic.com. So it's got a really cool um, art style. It, it, I believe it was a uh, a graphic novel of some sort. So I mean, it looks really really cool. So yeah, I'm kind of interested in this one. Yep, and that will be hitting uh, the switch with a 39.99 USD price tag. All right, uh, next up we've got level five teasing. An MMORPG scale 20th anniversary title. This is being reported from Jamatsu.com. I'll read a little bit of what it says here. To celebrate Level 5's 20th anniversary, the company's newest game will be set not in fantasy, but the modern day with an epic scale similar to that of a massively multiplayer online RPG. Gio, what do you think about this? I think a lot of people are clamoring for an MMO. No, I'm not big into MMOs like I used to be. They're a really big time sink, a little, a little bit too much for me. And with the Nintendo Switch Online really not set, it kind of does not make sense quite yet. Obviously, the, they're forecasting here a little bit. Um, apparently, what what the, for the 10 year anniversary they they did Nino Kuni. Now for their 20th anniversary, they want to do a giant MMO. It might be might be more than what they uh, they're bargaining for here. Uh, so I'm a I'm a little curious about their wording here, um, because they keep saying on the scale of an MMO RPG. So I, I don't know if that actually means. Yeah, so is maybe that, not a true MMO. Yeah, is that a legit MMO? And he even says in the uh, the snippet of the interview that Jamatsu has posted. Um, he says he's not even sure. I'm not even sure if we can call it an MMO or not, but we're planning to make a big title on the same scale as one. So like, uh, so the verbiage here is so weird because if you're going to say on the scale of an MMORPG, uh, I mean, technically isn't like Skyrim and the Witcher three, like 
on the scale of an, of an MMO? Like, yeah, what does that actually mean? Yeah, what does that what does that mean? I mean, yeah, they're they're open world RPGs, but obviously MMO just that's a whole different dynamic. You're 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 talking a infrastructure that's very different, you know. And I don't know if Level Five's even come close to that with any of their other titles. I don't believe no, they have. Uh, I mean, Nino Kuni is a is a sizable world. Nino Kuni Two is a sizable world, but I mean, it's definitely not MMO scale. And now, using the term MMO scale, once again, I mean, are we calling it? Is it is it a multiplayer game? Like, is it an always connected multiplayer world? Because if it is, why not just call it an MMO? If it's not, why not just call it an open world well, RPG? Right, <laughs> and there's nothing <laughs> like, wrong with that. I mean, I would I would like that. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's single player or if it's going to be multiplayer. So there's a lot of weird things, you know, with the wording there. But it's very, very interesting. A lot of people love Level 5's stuff. We talked about it a little bit last week. Um, And Level 5 apparently going to be focusing a lot on the Switch moving forward. Next up, we've got Dragon Quest XI news. This is sort of an update from our story last week where the Switch version of Dragon Quest XI will be delayed, looking like up into 2019, correct? Yes, at least 2019. So uh, this week, Jumatsu is reporting that the Switch delay is due to outdated Unreal Engine Four. Once again, I'll read a little bit here. Um, it says Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of Elusive Age producer uh, Hokuto Okamoto discussed more about the troubled Switch version of the RPG during an interview with GameSpot. It's true that the Nintendo Switch version is under development at this moment in time, specifically with regards to the development. This game was developed on Unreal Engine, but the version for Unreal Engine needs to be updated, I suppose, in order to support Switch. In that sense, the development is still expected to take a very long time. It's still a long ways out. Yeah, they're tempering our expectations, that's for sure. Yeah, so like, what what are we supposed to what are we supposed to sort of gather from this piece of news? So it seems like a weird reason. Yeah, this so they were just they were developing um, the game on like an older older version of Unreal Engine that wasn't compatible with the Switch. I guess that's what I'm taking out of it. Why? Why? <laughs> that's my question. Why? I don't I don't get it. And I mean, is the Switch difficult to develop for? I mean, I you, we hear this it, a lot though. I, Here's the thing. So many indies are developing for it. Like individual people are are putting things on it. Now, I mean, I know that their games aren't on the scale, but like this is Square Enix. Like Yeah, this is not an indie. <laughs> I mean, you, you we kind of you kind of saw this with with Battle Chasers for example. You know, the game comes out for other systems, then, you know, months down the line it comes out for the Switch. Um it's just it just seems to be the trend. That just seems to be what's happening right now. You know, you got these games that they come out for the the uh, Xbox or PlayStation, and then months down the line, we get ours. I, I um, so specifically with this story, this was just not the reason that I was expecting to hear when asked. You know, why is the Switch version being delayed? Honestly, I would have expecting I was expecting something like, oh, we didn't realize that the Switch was going to be as big. We weren't you know, necessarily planning on that. Because at that time, like Nintendo's consoles were sort of in a mess, yeah, you know, pre-Switch, other than 3DS, I, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But like, 
Wii U, right? They're, they're not necessarily going to put it on Wii U. They did develop a 3DS version. That's not coming over, but now they're developing a Switch version. I feel like you could have come out and said, hey, we just didn't realize the Switch was going to be a big hit. People would have understood. This seems like a very weird explanation slash excuse for and maybe that's what it really truly is you know maybe they just right they weren't expecting these sales numbers to be what they are and they never bothered to update their stuff (laughs) exactly and 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 it's like uh, it's still gonna in a sense the development still expected to take a very long time it's still a long ways out like to me that feels like they weren't really into the Switch version because it's like, all right, well, we'll see kind of how it is. Right. We could cancel it if we need to, but now, you know, sort of a year into the Switch, uh, the Switch's lifetime, they're like, oh, yeah, we're definitely doing Switch. It's just going to be a while. You know, a long while. Which is disappointing for a lot of people. I know. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven may actually be my entry into the series. I've never played Dragon Quest, but I may jump into Eleven. Because it, I, it shouldn't hurt me, right? Like they're no, not. Connected. I don't think they're connected yeah. at all. Yeah. Again, it, it would be if I was to get that one, it would be my first as well. Awesome. Now, last piece of news for this week. This is an interesting one. Hmm. This one's also coming from NintendoEverything.com, and that's that GameStop is expecting 2018 to be another big year. For the Switch. Now, there were some interesting, uh, once again, some interesting wording in here too. He actually, he actually says, so the CEO, Michael Mahler, and this is quoting him, he says, I think this year, when we look at the slate of titles, many of which haven't been announced yet, this year looks also very, very strong. So I think at least for 2018, we'll continue to see the strong software slate drive additional installed based on the hardware and increased attach rate. Now, what are you reading into this? Because saying many of the titles haven't been announced for 2018, that's a loaded statement. Now, again, that that's a, it is a loaded statement. It's for 2018. A lot of games that I thought weren't coming out until 2019. Is it a possibility that they're going to be coming out a little earlier, like Pokemon. What is going on with that? And that's going to have a high attachment rate, especially for people who don't own a Switch already. They're gonna, they're gonna do it. They're gonna. It's get them gonna have a high. You're totally right. It's gonna have a high attach rate, and then it will also drive console. It'll drive sales. You're totally right because if Nintendo can pull this off. Right. And 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 titles that we think in our minds, there's no way they're coming out this year. Things like Pokemon, things like Animal Crossing, or I was thinking Fire Emblem, Pikmin. If they could pull it off and release them this year, how amazing of a first two years is this going to be? They would have everything. Like what other first party games could they I mean Yoshi? Um what other first party games could they announce or have released. Isn't Yoshi supposed to release this year, right? I don't know. You you, you kind of haven't heard much about it, to be honest with you. You heard about it right. at E3 last year. They kind of showed a short demo, and that's just been about it. It was the same thing with Fire Emblem. You, you had this short little uh, trailer, and you haven't heard a thing about it. So, who knows? And, and if you weren't already excited about E3, this has to put 
gasoline on the fire for sure because because like if you're going to release something within the calendar year you gotta you've gotta announce it at e3 right that's mm-hmm. that's where you're going to get the maximum amount of hype uh we might even we might even see some announcements before e3 but like i feel like e3 is it like whatever they've been holding whatever cards they've got close to the chest i feel are going to come out at e3 so if you weren't excited about nintendo's direct or uh, do they normally do direct at e3 whatever they normally yeah, do. do like a treehouse live and yeah. some sort of a pre-recorded direct you, you got to be pumped for it now yeah i don't think we'll see anything in between now and e3 i don't think we'll get like a pokemon direct or a fire mm-hmm. emblem direct or a nintendo or indies direct i think it's just you're gonna have the e3 and there's gonna be a ton of of content ton of announcements there yeah i mean it's got me it's got me so excited so now there's a lot of dangers that come with that because then those expectations get yeah, kind of right. shattered sometimes but they fared well know, for last year that's for sure yeah i will i'll live on the hype train with all the risks involved no <laughs> problem no problem all right so that wraps it up for the news this week uh let's move on to our second segment which is the games that are releasing this week. What we got, Geo? Uh, looks like we have Super Daryl Deluxe releasing April 10th, and it looks like it's retailing uh, the eShop for $19.99. Perfect. So uh, at the airtime of this podcast, it will have released yesterday. Mm-hmm. So go pick it up. Let me tell you, my review will be up also at the time that this airs. So go read that. If you don't know much about Super Daryl, I'm not going to say anything about it on this show because I want you to go read the review if you're interested and then go buy the game. Then next up, it looks like we have Regalia of Men and Monarchs Royal Edition, uh, April 12th. eShop says it's $24.99. I don't know much about this title. I'm not sure if you do. No. No. And then um, also April 12th, we have As Divine Hearts. eShop has it for $12.99. This was just kind of just popped up on the eShop. I, I didn't, uh, it just, yeah, it just showed up one day. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know much about this one as well, but um, I know that in our Discord group, there are quite a few people who are interested in this one. Yeah, the, this we just added to the site just the other day. It is a, it is a Kimco published X-Create Inc. developed game. I reviewed one of their games uh, a couple week, months ago. Um, and look, if you, if you are familiar with their games, it looks the same. Try to go in with an open mind. I believe Meatball Sub is going to be looking at this and playing it. Uh, so you can look for sort of his thoughts, uh, moving forward. All right. And I guess, I guess that, uh, that's all released this week for RPGs. Yeah. For RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> it seems like there's a bunch of stuff every week. Yeah. Releasing. There's a lot but of stuff. There you go. All right, so now uh, segment number three. Geo, what have you been playing this past week? It can be on the Switch or otherwise. It can be RPG or otherwise. Just what have you been playing? What have you been sinking your teeth into? I've been playing a lot of Far Cry 5, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this has got to be the best in the series, to be honest with you. Um, the environment, you know, it's not the tropical environment like all the most of the other ones have been. But this one's just, it's just beautiful. It's just awesome 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 i like they've they've changed a lot of the mechanics 
They've changed how you discover the map. Um, they kind of went, I don't know if you've ever played Assassin's Creed Origins, but they, they stripped down the user interface. So you're doing a lot of exploring. I find myself just kind of roaming around, discovering things kind of naturally. And um, yeah, you're not climbing towers. It's just refreshing. It's just so, so different, but yet so much the same. It really is so much fun. It really is. So when you say that they kind of cleaned up the UI, for me, I've only played a few Ubisoft games, but the map seems so cluttered and it, it was almost like they gave you everything to begin with. Like, go find all this stuff. Right. That's that So does, have they sort of reversed it? That really doesn't exist. What you have, there's no mini map on the screen. You basically just have a compass right at the, at the top that, that has some icons of things like shops and where boats are and where cars are and things like that. Um, so some things that you've kind of discovered by finding a map or just kind of passing by, those things show up. But basically, that's pretty much that's all on the screen. And you can kind of see what gun you're wielding or what you might have for, like, if you have grenades, a Molotov cocktails uh, kind of equipped. That's it. It's just all you see is just the beautiful scenery. It's just mm -hmm. so nice to see. It really is. I love games with very clean UI. I mm -hmm. don't like a lot of things cluttering the screen, especially well in games that just have like beautiful scenery. I just like it clean. So that's that's encouraging to hear. Yeah. It, it's and it's fun the the mechanics. Like I said, they they've changed how you I guess progress through the game. So you can progress through the game just by freeing civilians by getting the outpost like you did in the past. But you don't necessarily have to do that. You can just, like I said, you can free civilians. You, there are cars that the, the cultists have. You can blow those guys up. But there's just so many different ways to progress through the game. It's not just story mission, side mission. It's not that uh, streamlined anymore. It's just, you, it's anything really. It's really fun. Awesome. So I, uh, the, Sw the Switch game that I've been playing, i actually been playing it on the PlayStation 4, but Super Daryl Del Deluxe. I uh, got the copy of that, and I've played a ton of that. Thoughts forthcoming. Uh, what I will say is it's very, very good, and I like it a lot. That's all I'm going to say. That's all you're going to say? Uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but I also have jumped into Elder Scrolls Online for the first time, and I know oh, that yeah. that is a game that carries a lot of baggage, a lot of cr criticism, but I'm trying to go in open-minded and... Uh, just going to try to have some fun with it. So I'll be getting into that sort of more next week. But I did start it this past week. Yeah, that, that's that's always interested me, um, trying to get into that series. I liked, I liked the world. Um, now, did you get the um, DLC for, or wh where are you jumping in at? So I, I just picked up the uh, the original okay. no DLC. Uh, I will... Probably once I've played a little bit, sure. I will probably grab the the new chapters, and I would like I'm 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 cautiously really optimistic about it, and I, I kind of want to get into it before the new chapter drops in June. So yeah, I, I'm I'm wanting to really sink my teeth in. I'm obviously pumping myself up for the Bethesda E3 conference. Fingers crossed. 
for uh, Elder Scrolls Six. All right, so that, that'll wrap up what we're playing this week. Let's dive into some listener questions. We've got a lot of amazing questions to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will actually start with a question that was asked last week that we both missed. It didn't make it on the show. So we'll read that first. It's from Phineas from the Discord server. And he asks, what are our thoughts on games or RPGs that allow the player to win a boss battle? But then in the very next cutscene, as soon as it jumps to the cutscene, it shows your party losing to that very boss. They're decimated. Now, I'm not sure exactly what game he's specifically um, talking about, but I know in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it kind of happens a lot, you know, where you maybe handle a battle, like, handily, with no problem at all, and then at the cutscene, you barely made it. And I think you see that a lot in in JRPGs anyways. But, um, I mean, that's really the only time I've ever encountered it. But, you know... To see where you win a boss fight and you actually show losing, eh, that's that's not cool. Just let me lose. I know in original, I think some original Final Fantasy games where your party, they make it very so difficult to where you actually do lose. And you almost feel like they would, should just do that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a precedent. Like, just, just make it an unwinnable fight right. if that's what you want to do. Because I talked about last week, if you listen to me for any length of time, you know I like when gameplay and narrative can coexist together and make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And this is one of those times where gameplay and narrative just aren't uh, just aren't on the same page because obviously the story is being told in a way where you lose the, the battle. Which is fine. Just, yeah, which is totally fine. But you've just spent 10 minutes, <laughs> 15 minutes working your butt off to beat this boss and like you said, well, sometimes it'd be like 30 seconds. Like you've, you've built your party, you've grinded, you you go into that, you just kick its butt and then boom, immediately it's an instant. Like well, as soon as you get to the cutscene, he'll just like uh, snap his fingers and then everything that you've done doesn't mean anything. No, so doesn't. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that is definitely frustrating. Yeah. Definitely frustrating. And you're totally right. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was littered with that. Littered with that. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what do we got for question two? Question two uh, comes from our Discord from Two Isle. Uh, what was your first Western RPG? What was your first Japanese RPG? I'll let you answer this one first. All right. So my first Western RPG was, I believe, Oblivion. Um, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. I played it on an old, old, old laptop. It barely ran it, hmm. but I had a lot of fun running around that world uh, of Cyrodiil and uh, that series has stuck with me for forever and will be with me for forever. Uh, that game was shortly followed by Dragon Age Origins. So no <laughs> surprise there, but that was my first Western uh, first JRPG will actually be Final Fantasy 10. Uh, that was my first, that was my introduction to Final Fantasy introduction to Japanese uh, RPGs. So, that's my, sec- my second uh, favorite Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy X. I, I absolutely love that one. Fantastic. All right. My first Western RPG. Let's see. Now, I don't remember if it was on here or if it was in the AMA that we had previously. I talked about Shadowrun for uh, Super Nintendo. If you consider that an RPG, which I do for Super Nintendo, that would have been my first Western RPG. Really 
enjoyed that game. I put a lot of time into that game. My first Japanese RPG, my first one was Final Fantasy for the for the Nintendo. Now, I was way too young to be playing that game. I really didn't understand much of what was going on there. And that is a hard game too. Yeah. What what were my parents thinking let me buy that game? That would have been that would have been my first one. But the first one I truly um truly enjoyed was Secret of Mana. That that probably would have been my my first really JRPG if you consider that a JRPG. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. So, next question comes actually from Twitter from the username is Fasner Holt, and it asks, could you guys talk a little bit about the SNES game Illusion of Gaia sometime on the podcast? I don't really ever hear much about it, and I have so much nostalgia for it. Geo. Now, for me, I don't know too much about this game. I do remember purchasing it. I remember it coming with a t-shirt. Again, this is one of the games that my parents made bad decision and let me buy it. And I don't really recall a lot of the elements. I remember you would travel uh, to different places like the Great Wall of China, the pyramids. But that's that's really all I truly remember. And I actually remember the leveling up mechanic was really you had to clear out dungeons in order to, like, say, for example, increase your strength or increase i think it was intelligence so it was really kind of a a weird rpg in that sense but that's really i don't really have much nostalgia for it other than you know it coming with a t-shirt i have no experience with this game whatsoever uh so i feel like we didn't really give you the best answer this week fasner holt so what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn the question around on you you said that you have a lot of nostalgia for it and no, uh, you don't hear people talking about it enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you what is special about Illusion of Gaia. Let us know. Give us an explanation. We are going to read it next week. We're going to feature it on the podcast. We're going to feature your response. So let us know, man. All right. Question four comes from the Discord, and it's coming from Meatball Sub. It says, uh, what dormant RPG franchise would you like to see a return to on the Switch? Any franchise that hasn't seen a release in the past couple of years. He says he says he personally would love to see a new Mother game, uh, though would settle for an official Mother 3 release. For me, it would be Secret of Mana. I think that the recent re-release of Secret of Mana was a joke. Um, it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was nice to you know to appease um, the people who really wanted it, but I want to see a re, I want to see a new one. I, I don't want to see a re-release. That's that's truly the one I want to see. Uh, I know a lot of people want what? Golden Sun. That's typically mm-hmm. what you hear out there. That and you know Earthbound or Mother. I really couldn't think of any other ones that I'd rather see. I think. It would have to be the Saga series. And now okay. I know that there's some some recent Saga games, recent-ish, but I'm thinking like a romancing Saga, maybe four or something. Um, something official sort of in that vein. Because I think that the romancing Saga is so interesting from a historic perspective because it pushed what JRPGs were. It honestly felt more like a West, what a Western RPG is today, mm-hmm. you know, with the way that they set it up. 
Um, and I just think that historically that's such a cool series gameplay wise, like how good the games actually are in reality, you know, they could be better. So I would love to see sort of a modern take on Romancing Saga. As I said last week, I thought that's what Octopath Traveler was going to be. I feel like they had a really good opportunity, but they didn't take it. So Romancing Saga for me. Cool. All right. Question number five comes from Kevin Collins on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know why the Switch has no MMOs in the West. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's. Uh, he also goes to say that Square's in talks with Nintendo about Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, so, Which I actually, I haven't heard that, but I, I'm going to assume that he's correct in that. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't uh, verify that either. However. I would be okay with that. I I do personally like Final Fantasy fourteen. I have, I, I never got hardcore into MMOs, but I do have quite the history with them. I've played a, a lot of sort of your major ones, your staple ones. I've played fourteen for a while. I know a couple of the guys uh, on the staff played for a long time, so I would be interested to see that. Um, the thing is, the thing is, uh, with the state of the switches online is sort of an unknown right. like we don't really we, it hasn't been tested to its limits or if it has like I, ho- I hope it hasn't been tested to the limits because like it's still it seems pretty infinitesimal right now oh it's, it's very basic yeah so i i would think that an mmo would be a monumental task for the system uh, and the infrastructure that is currently in place. Mm-hmm. If they could get all that worked out, I would like to see an MMO. MMOs on consoles in recent years have come light years from where they were sort of early on. Uh, developers are learning how to develop key map for controllers and build the game with that in mind. So something that was developed for console and would work well on switch i would just want it to be optimized i would want it to be mapped really well for the controller and then also it's got to have good online so right with, all with, of that needs to be in place before we ever get an attempt at yeah it. with all the questions we have on nintendo online i mean this is this is a big ask i think um but i would love for it to happen i really would we just don't know anything about Nintendo Online. It's pretty sad, actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, question six coming from Timothy Taylor, also on Twitter, uh, also deals with this a little bit. He asks, "What uh, do you do? You think that we will hear about Pokemon Switch at this year's E3? And do you think it could be an MMO to coordinate with launching Switch Online?" I don't think it'll be an MMO. I think Pokemon is Pokemon. It hasn't changed in however many years. It's not. I don't feel like it's going to change. I think what's going to coordinate with Nintendo's online service is going to be Smash. Yeah. I think um, Smash Brothers and online are going to coexist at the same exact time. That's what's going to push Nintendo online. But, you know, with Pokemon, I... Again, it's one of those things you just we don't we don't have enough information on it, and I, and it's never it hasn't changed in so long. I don't expect it to change for the switch. You don't even think. All right, so I'm just just throwing some things out there. 
we are in a post Pokemon Go world where people have been playing Pokemon together in a sense, in a sense. Um, and, and for the most part, Pokemon has always been connected in a way that a lot of other games just aren't right. The whole, the whole history of releasing two versions. So then you got to you know trade with your friends and things like that. It's always been community centric anyway. Mm-hmm. So it may not be, I don't know. It, it may not be fully like MMO in the traditional sense, but a connected game. I don't think it's too, too far fetched. Like you said, there's nothing to necessarily verify that. And there's nothing really in the history of the series to say, all right, well, it's definitely going online. And, and there's really nothing to say that because the switch is finally releasing online, then, you know, everything's got to be connected. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm with you. I think smash is going to be the showcase for online, but Timothy Taylor, I do think we will hear about Pokemon switch at this year's E3 what it will actually be, I'm not making predictions on, but I do think we'll hear about it. And maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm thinking, you know, traditional MMO with all these players online doing a dungeon run sort of thing. And maybe I should be thinking a little, you know, a little smaller, you know, maybe just a few few players online battling your Pokemans. And and I'm thinking too big. I should, I should probably bring it bring it down a notch. Yeah, I, I think I think going full MMO would be may, it might be a stretch for for the series. But mm-hmm. who's to say? Surprise me, Pokemon! Uh, Please do because yeah. the game hasn't changed in forever. <laughs> True. All right, last question of today coming from Twitter. Wes Jacobs asks. First of all, he says, "I'm really looking forward to Dark Souls Remastered coming to Switch." Do you guys have any experience with the Souls slash Born series? I do. Um, I I think I spoke about this on the last podcast. I started with Dark Souls three. Absolutely loved it. I love the challenge. Um, I love the I like the story. The story isn't narrated to you. It's basically you're 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 reading um, reading the story, and then I jumped to Dark Souls two, and now. I'm going to Dark Souls 1 again. So I started with um, Dark Souls 3, went to Dark Souls 2, and now I did play Dark Souls 1 on on the Xbox, and now I'm going to double dip on it, play the remastered version, and my biggest regret is not getting a PlayStation 4 to play Bloodborne because I really would love to play that. I don't know if you've had the chance to play that. No, and I'm at an idiot. I am an idiot because it was on um, PlayStation Plus had it for free. I don't know if it's still going on. I think I missed it. For free? And you totally, you blew it. Yeah, no, I I blew it. I blew it. If that's still going, I gotta go, I gotta go check. Literally after we stop the podcast, thank you, Wes, for reminding me. I've gotta, I've gotta see if I can still get it for free. I'm not sure if that's this month or not. No, I don't think, I think you, I think you blew it. So, but anyway, no, I, I, I have, uh, I have no experience with with Dark Souls, um, but I am going to be picking up the remaster. I don't know if I'm going to pick up the Switch version. I know that's her- heretical. I don't know if I'm going to pick the Switch version up. Um, I might be going uh, either Xbox or PC. Okay. That's okay. Not Xbox. Not Xbox. PlayStation. 
you, you went to the dark side again. I can play Nino Kuni. Oh, right through the heart. Okay. <laughs> All right. And now our side quest. All right. Here's the question. What is your earliest, most influential video game memory? Geo, I will accept your side quest. Excellent. You're only getting uh, one XP for it, though, by the way. Hey, as long as I get some good narrative, maybe some good dialogue, <laughs> you know, maybe I, some lore flavor. I don't care about XP. Can't guarantee All it. right. All right. So earliest, most influential video game memory. This actually ties in nicely with one of the questions uh, earlier with when my answer was first Japanese RPG was Final Fantasy X. So that to me, and, and, and the thing is, what you got to understand is that was, I was probably 15. So this was later. This was later. Mm -hmm. I'd been playing, I'd, I'd played some games on the Sega Genesis. I had a Nintendo 64. I had obviously a PlayStation 2. Uh, but the thing is, in 64, I mainly played, um, I played Mario, you know, Mario 64. I played uh, Mario Kart, but I played some GoldenEye. Yeah. But like other than that, it was mainly just games I kind of played for fun. Uh, and and looking back, look, I mean Mario sixty four is is very influential, very influential. But I was so young playing that, and I see I didn't grow up playing two D Mario. Right. So my my first Mario was Mario was he was three D. So like. You know, a lot of people say Super, you know, Mario 64 was this landmark thing. For me, it just wasn't because that was just my first. Like, uh, Mario was just 3D to me. So, for me, the big transformation in gaming came from when games were were fun and I enjoyed playing them. When it transitioned to, I'm really passionate about games because games can tell me a really important, heavy, impactful story with characters that I really relate to and I can really care about. So when games went from just being just fun to being a storytelling medium that I can really invest myself in, that was Final Fantasy X for me. Like I said, I was about 15 or 16 uh, playing PS2. And uh, my first official RPG was actually The Lord of the Rings, The Third Age. And I, I rarely count that. I, I, you in do? fact, I, I, I don't, I don't count that at all. <laughs> um, there, there are some people that are like, oh, I love the third age, but I'm not one of those. Uh, <clears throat> my, my naive self, I played it a lot growing up. Uh, and, and I played that a long, a long time before I actually played Final Fantasy X. But my best friend at the time, I met my best friend. So my best friend today met him and he's like, Hey, if you like this game, if you like the third age, then you will love this game called Final Fantasy X. I'm like, what the heck is that? He's like, it's got, it's fully voice acted. It's this huge hundred hour story. You can play bits, blitz ball all day. Yeah. <laughs> so I jumped into that and watching the opening cutscene, where even before you jump into the game, where it's showing, uh, it's showing the party. Um, you know, there's that sunset. They're they're looking over Xanarkin, and that music is playing, that piano music. And I, my life 
as a gamer was <laughs> instantly changed in that moment because I'm a musician too. And so like it opened me up to like video game soundtracks. This wasn't just the introduction to me with impactful stories, but impactful music and games. So I got to give it to Final Fantasy X, that mo- the earliest, most influential video game memory. Wow. Excellent. I don't even know how I could follow that up. Um, but, you know, I'm a Nintendo uh, NES um, kid. That's where I started, you know, playing like you would you had said, Mario, um, playing Mario through up to Mario three, all, all those all those games. But again, none of them really had the narrative like you were mentioning. None of them had something you could attach yourself to. I then went to Super Nintendo and I mentioned this earlier as well with Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana, I um, I didn't, you're not going to believe this, but I didn't have a lot of friends at home. Um, and that that took the place of that. You know, I spent a lot of yeah. time playing that game. Um, well, I did actually have a friend, but he, you know, he, he was mostly away um, playing Little League while I was home playing Secret of Mana. But again, yeah, this just took the place of having that friend and the story in that game just gripped me, um, as well as it was it was a kind of game that I hadn't played before, because I actually played that game before I played Link to the Past, which is actually my current favorite game of all time. It was just it was just a different different game for me. The music in it, like you had said, was was on another level compared to what I had played before. So I would have to say playing Secret of Mana, even like when you hear like the intro music to Secret of Mana, I don't know if you recall it, but it's got the, the whale, um, the whale song. It's it, to me, it's iconic. Anytime I hear a whale song, I'm thinking Secret of Mana. And, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's gotta be the one that, that kicked off my life into RPGs basically. And what did you what what platform did you say that was on? Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. What's the best way to play that now? Um that would be the Super Nintendo Classic if you can get your hands okay. on it. Yeah, unless yeah, you have, have the original. Have no, I don't have the original. Okay. Um and I don't have the classic either. So uh now was that the one that they just remade? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And and it and was a fa- it was a fantastic universally loved remake. <laughs> I, I I thought I heard it was riddled with issues, um, which may be getting fixed. I'm not entirely sure. It's for Steam and for PlayStation, so you PlayStation nerds can play it, but I can't. I guess I could get it for Steam, but I'd rather not. To be honest with hey, you, just just let it just let it live on in glory. That's in your right, mind. and and it's 16 bits. None of this uh, full color stuff. Yeah, see, at least uh, at least FF10, I've got a really good remaster to play on yeah. like eighty bajillion different consoles. <laughs> that was actually another great game. I love Final Fantasy X. Again, my second second favorite after nine, but ten ten was on a different. So it was in a different solar system. It was really really good. Now, did, okay, so you said earlier that FF1 was your first JRPG, right? It definitely, yeah, it was my first JRPG, but I didn't know what was going on in so, that. Right, right. Now, did you play Did you play the FFs in order? 
In order, yep. I own Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 2, I guess, which is, I don't know, 4. Even, four. four. Uh, and then mm-hmm. 3. Um, which is 6. 6. I, to- I skipped, I went up to, do, 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 do. Again, we're talking US. I went to 7 at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, for PlayStation, and then 8, 9, 10, and so forth. So I, I guess for you then, ten was like a an oh my gosh, holy moly, yeah. Like it, it look how f- like yeah the, the jump between nine's technology and ten's technology is pretty astounding. Right the 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 cutscenes in it you didn't you didn't see anything like that <laughs> before that that was that was awesome that was awesome to see with you know the big you had sin on screen it was just just massive. I don't even know what it was. It was this massive thing. It was just cool, very cool to see. Yeah, so I'm just the 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 spoiled the spoiled little millennial here, where I was like, <laughs> yeah, my first Mario was Mario 64, and my first uh, Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy 10. Yeah. So I'm just living in the 3D age. That's okay. That's all right. I mean, there are good. I mean, I think the Super Nintendo was probably one of the best consoles to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know the N64. It was cool and all. I, I honestly feel that's probably one of the worst Nintendo consoles. Um, I know a lot of people absolutely love that system, but it's just not. I'm not a fan of it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with living and dying in Super Nintendo. I'm really fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I and the, and the thing is, like, I have such an appreciation for that era, even though I missed it live. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, I'm like going back and binging on Netflix type deal. You know, like I, I I'm going back and 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 sort of working through some of those major, uh, those major Hallmark games. You're seeing um, it a lot with the indie developers. They're kind of going back to the 16-bit, you know, style, and they're they're bringing it all kind of back. You know, maybe they're kind of limited in what they're able to do. Maybe that's more what it is. But I mean, people, it's it's it, it it's timeless. I feel. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and specifically those games that were made for it, man, they, they honestly, they, they, a lot of them really stand up today, man. They still, they still hold up pretty, pretty darn well. They do. I agree. And that's what I wish like square would realize too. Um, cause like it, it seems with some of their ports, like they try to fix them for the modern audience. And I'm just like, <laughs> No. Don't fix what's not broken. It's not broken. I mean, that's what a lot of people were saying about the Chrono Trigger yeah. port, you know, where they tried to update the graphics and everything. It's like, it was gorgeous before. Yeah, that's I, that's definitely a money grab. There's no there's no need to tinker with, with something like Chrono Trigger or Secret of Mana. There's no, absolutely no need for it. Get your stuff together, Square. Square. They've, they, they're hit and miss. They're hitting and yeah. missing. They're, hey, they're, they're like the... They're they're a home run hitter, right? They're either going to hit home runs or strike out. Yeah, that's okay. Just yeah, just hit more home fine. runs. That's all I think. All I care about. Yeah. All right, Gio, you got anything else you want to? Any last words you want to say this week? Yeah, I would. Um, I would love for again more feedback. It looks like um, we got a lot of great questions. I want. I want more questions. I think a lot of the questions that we got were really, really good. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts were, but thank you to. To all the patrons, really appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to next week. Absolutely. I second that. 
any questions that you guys have uh, specifically about Switch, about RPGs, um, anything like that about Geo and my gaming history, we'll be happy to answer anything. And uh, we also want to ask this question to you. We want to get you guys in on the side quest this week. So we're going to throw this question. What was your earliest, most influential video game memory? If you guys will uh, talk about that, you can talk about it in the Discord channel uh, or on Twitter. Just let us know what your earliest, most influential video game memory was. And what we're going to do is we're going to select three stories that we're going to read on the show next week. So there you go. Join us on our side quest. We thank you so much for listening once again this week. The support for the show has been phenomenal. All of your kind feedback, your kind words, your encouragement, your questions, your listens, your subs, everything has been fantastic. If you've listened this far for episode two, thank you so much. Just as a reminder, you can find the show on all major podcast services other than Spotify. But you can find us on all major podcast services. If you would like to subscribe, please do. That way you can get us in your feed every week when we go live. You can also find us on switchrpg.com. Remember, you can go to switchrpg.com for all of your Switch RPG needs. You can also give on Patreon if that's something that you're interested in. That's patreon.com slash switchrpg. Geo, thank you for joining me. And listeners, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Until then, I'll see you around. See you next week.